Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. So today we are going to be focusing the episode on all things vision and eyes and eye health. Uh, My guest today is Dr. Uh, Fallon Patel. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So what got you interested in eyes? (laughs) Well, I've always, uh, I've just always really wanted to help people. And uh, I've always loved science and biology in high school and throughout university. And as I was looking into different uh, healthcare related career paths, I just thought the eyes were the most fascinating thing ever. (laughs) So, um, and then after beginning optometry school, I knew that this was a field that I could continually be challenged in and that it was going to fulfill my purpose in helping people by helping them to see their best. Amazing. And no pun intended in, you know, the whole seeing your best self and literally (laughs) seeing your best self in the mirror. Um, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It just, it just came to me. It just, yeah, I like that. Um, maybe I thought a good place to kind of build some context would be maybe just talking a a little bit about sort of what make, like, what are some of the main components of the eye? Like, how does, how do we see, how does that kind of process work in it, you know, without getting too medical, but, um, just, because I'm curious, you know, how that kind of works or how you understand that it works. Okay, I'll try my best. Uh, because the eye is such a sophisticated organ, there's so many parts to it. Um, but uh, in a nutshell, uh, there's the front part of the eye that we see that we all look into one another's eyes. And you really are looking at the cornea and the sclera, which are the medical terms, but The clear part of the eye is the cornea, the sclera is the white part, that's the front of the eye. And then if we just take it like a little bit deeper behind the eye, uh, behind the clear bit of the eye sits the iris that regulates light for us. And that's that color, you know, you see either blue eyes or brown eyes, that's called the iris. And uh, behind the iris, uh, we say this is the posterior chamber. Uh, And this is where the lens in the eye sits. It helps to bring focus as well. And behind this area is the retina. So that's the very back part of the inner part of the eye, which captures everything that we see into images. And it sends those signals to the back of the brain, um, which is where we do our vision processing, how we see. And the brain is actually um, more than 60% of its neural network is connected to the visual pathway in the eyes. So, you know, the eyes are so super complex, super sophisticated, um, but that's just, you know, the components in a nutshell. So you kind of get an idea. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And um, is it true, if I understand this correctly, that like 
the optic nerve crosses, Mm -hmm. meaning like Mm -hmm. the left side sees the right side and the right side sees the, I I think it gets complicated because there's one pathway that sees like left sees left, right sees right. And then there's like a crisscross that happens. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It it crosses at the optic chiasm, um, which is where the pituitary gland sits. So um, sometimes if you have a tumor in the pituitary gland or any problems in the brain, um, there's patterns in your, in your sight where if you're missing parts of your vision, we can pinpoint exactly where that is in the brain from the eyes all the way back to the back of the head. Um, wow. Problems. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. On that note of kind of being able to tell what's going on in the brain through, um, uh-huh. through the vision, what uh-huh. do you think of iridology? Ah, good question. You know what? Um, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, You know, uh, through optometry school, we're pretty much just taught evidence-based medicine. So uh, we didn't really um, hit those topics. Um, But I have come across some people, you know, patients that have told me, you know, their interests in iridology, they see someone, um, you know, who's really well um, educated in this. And so, you know, I just don't have enough knowledge to comment. I wouldn't say anything bad or good about it. I just, you know, it just fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, I I just... Yeah, I literally just, uh, it, it just came to me. I was like, hmm, I, you know, because if you're, you're looking at it neurologically, but I think from an iridology perspective, uh, they may be looking more like being able to tell like whole health kind of yeah. things, not specifically like which part of the, the brain tissue oh, may be yeah. damaged. Yeah. So you're right. I've heard it's more like stomach issues or kidney problems and like they're able to tell in the iris. Um, you know, these issues, health issues, health issues, just from looking at the, the iridology part of it. But yeah, again, yeah. I don't have any background in that. Um, but I have heard. Yeah. Uh, heard about it. Anyways, that was a total side note. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So let's talk a little bit about aging of the eyes. Um, do, do, do eyes age? Like is, you know, because like my mom, for example, was like, oh, by the time I hit 40, all of a sudden, like my eyes started, you know, quote unquote going. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, does everybody's eyes age and do they age the same? And like, how mm-hmm. do you know if your eyes are? How do you know? Yeah. So that's a good one that you hit right on the, the, the tip there that the common one is in your 40s, um, the losing the ability to be able to focus at near. And so often people will need reading glasses or, you know, the print's blurry, you can't focus, you're straining your eyes. Or some people take their glasses off to read. They can no longer, you know, they feel uncomfortable reading up close with their glasses on. So that's a very common condition. I mean, almost every, everyone um, gets to that stage in their 40s. Um, uh, some other parts of aging, um, cataracts. I don't know if your mom has hit that point yet or no. you haven't heard about that yet. So that's something that happens to about 80% of people over time where um, there's a lens in our eye. It gets clouded uh, from the UV light accumulation in our, in our, in our life. And so 80% of people actually have cataract surgery to, to remove or repair this problem. So that's really common as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What other things might people mm-hmm. experience in the aging eye? 
Uh, okay, so so those two things like cataracts and, and the need for reading or different prescription at near kind of happens to almost everyone as yeah. they age, I would say kind of okay. is a very common common condition. Um, there are some other eye diseases that doesn't typically happen to everyone with aging, but we do see it, um, you know, as you get a little bit older. And the two common ones you've probably heard of, glaucoma or macular degeneration. Yeah. So those are two typical eye diseases that happen with aging. But again, it doesn't happen to everyone. So it's just something, you know, if it runs in the family, you're more likely to be predisposed to it. Uh, that kind of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask what macular degeneration ah, is. Sure. Yeah. So macular degeneration uh, affects the center part of your eyes. So that's when, let's say if you're reading print, um, you would start to have parts missing in your vision centrally as you're reading, or parts might appear gray, or the lines may become wavy. So that's macular degeneration. That's the effects. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then glaucoma is? Glaucoma is the kind of the opposite. So it affects your side or peripheral vision. So, and it's usually caused by high pressures in the eyes. And um, ultimately you lose your side or peripheral vision. And usually we can catch it early uh, and prevent vision loss. So, you know, if we're unable to, you know, catch that, it turns into tunnel vision, really, like Mm. uh, pretty bad. Yeah. But it's, uh, preventable these things you know if if we're screening and catching them early you'd have pretty good prognosis you know um what might alert somebody that they should like because mm-hmm. you said there's prevention right if we catch mm-hmm. it early enough so mm-hmm. what kinds of things should people be really looking out for that uh would indicate uh an assessment is is warranted uh, for glaucoma or macular degeneration or just in general? Do you think, I think it, I think in general. General. Ah, okay. So, you know, that's a good question. Uh, and we get that all the time. Uh, so definitely the most common things are if there's anything going wrong in your vision, right? Um, uh, blurred vision, headaches, strain, the obvious things that you're seeing funny things in your vision, like floating objects or flashing lights. That's an emergency. Um, but truth be told, a lot of um, vision, deeper vision problems are very silent in the beginning. So you don't really know. It's kind of like how they talk about blood pressure being the silent killer, right? Yeah. So with glaucoma, you know, high pressure in the eye, a lot of people don't know, don't feel it, that they have high pressure in the eye. And that's kind of like a silent, you know, vision vision uh, loss issue. So uh, I would just say, just being on top of it, try to put it in your phone, you know, a reminder, um, just to have, you know, yearly eye checkups. It's really, really important, not just for visual issues, but also to um, prevent, you know, um, those silent vision loss issues that we can potentially have. And I was just going to ask, are you like, let's say, for example, like right now, I don't have any vision issues, right? Thankfully right. for right now, right. Um, like when would be a good time to start an annual check? And, and the second part to that is if I'm asymptomatic, are you going to be able to pick up perhaps on some of those signs of the, of the silent, you know, um, disease process? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So even though you're asymptomatic, super important to get your eyes checked once a year. 
Um, so uh, believe it or not, um, the eyes are the only organ in your body where we can actually see damage to blood vessels, swelling and inflammation without having to do invasive procedures. So when we're looking at the retina during an exam, that's the part, that's the back of the eye that we were talking about before. This is where we can detect damage to blood vessels that can be an indication of systemic disease, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, potential tumors. Um, so a lot of these conditions uh, we can detect before an individual may even know about it. So um, just having the health part of the eyes examined is just as important as having, you know, an assessment for glasses or vision requirements. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what age do you recommend people should start? Six months. Oh. Bring, oh, your okay. babies in. Bring your infants in. So six months and it's covered by OHIP. Like this is covered by OHIP for children until they're 19, the government has a program once a year. We need to see that. Wow. Important. Okay, yeah. then I am, my daughter is definitely overdue, and I'm not yeah. going to lie, I am so way, way overdue. Um, and that's common. We hear it all the time, and that's our part, right? We, we haven't done a good enough job to set that awareness or tone with parents, right? So, um, yeah, super important. And this is why we're doing a podcast on mm -hmm. it, so that not only <laughs> – can I selfishly learn, but so mm -hmm. can all the listeners, right? Mm -hmm. And this is actually a good sort of segue question. I'm mm -hmm. um, talking about um, the younger, like, let's say, okay, so regardless, parents should probably take their children in if it's covered by OHIP, like take your kids in once a year, have it checked out. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, things get busy, yes. you know, life happens. Mm -hmm. What are some signs? Um, like that parents should really look out for that may indicate the child has an issue with vision, right? Like right. maybe they can't articulate, you know, maybe right. they're two, they right. can't say, mommy, I can't see, right. um, or it's blurry. Like what should parents be looking for? Right. No, that's a good question too. Um, for parents, I would say like, if you see that your child is going up and sitting really close to the TV to see, you know, if they're not comfortable sitting far back, but they always continually go up close. That can be one. Um, holding objects really close to read, like really, really close to their face as opposed to at an arm's length. That can be another. And also if your child just, you know, avoids reading altogether or doesn't like to read and is not a good reader, so kind of the opposite, that's of course, you know, another really big sign that they're probably just not seeing clearly or not being able to hold their focus with their eyes for long periods of time. So that's, that's another really important one that gets overlooked. Um, and of course the new age problem, uh, which is the overuse of digital devices, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that's another one. If you think your child's spending too much time on those devices, um, just, just bring them in just so we can have a look at it. So there, there is now proven evidence that, um, you know, if your child's doing more than a year, uh, an hour and a half on any near work, including digital devices, you know, your risk of myopia is like very, very high, especially if a parent has it or, or something like this. So um, definitely bring them in just so that they can be screened or checked. Um, but those are just some common things. What is myopia? Ah, myopia is nearsightedness. So oh, okay. you wear glasses for far away. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about, I mean, of course, there's corrective treatment through glasses, et cetera, but uh, I wanted to learn a little bit more about like laser eye surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like who is that for and like, what does it, what does it treat? Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, laser uh, corrective eye surgery, it corrects your vision so that you don't need to wear glasses. So if you wear glasses, Um, this would be the type of um, procedure that you would be looking into if you wanted to be glasses free. So most centers uh, recommend uh, laser eye surgery. They can do it as early as 18 years of age and older. However, um, I recommend usually uh, mid to late 20s for our patients because um, before this age, you typically see your prescription, it continues to change um, before this age, like it keeps climbing. And it tends to stabilize during this time, like mid-20s to late-20s. So I usually try to get the patient to wait until their prescription is stable um, before we refer them uh, for laser surgery, which is, by the way, an, an awesome option to have if you're a good candidate, right? What makes um, a good candidate? Right. So there's lots of things. So um, number one is if your prescription is stable, then you know you might want to consider having LASIK done. Um, then number two would be, you know, uh, the thickness of the cornea, you know, making sure there's no other health risks in the eyes. So you do really get properly assessed, uh, for these consultations, um, before going ahead, you know, and having a procedure done. And so, um, I really think you would get the best, you know, cause it's, it's quite expensive. Well, not really. If you think about the lifetime value of how much, you know, you spend on glasses and contacts, if you, if you do wear glasses and contacts, it's probably like a typical LASIK procedure is probably around 5,000, 5,200 for both eyes. Right. And a lot of the good centers will offer lifetime warranty with that. Right. But you really do just want to have it ever done once. Right. You don't yeah, yeah. have a touch up done. Not a good idea, but it happens. And, it, you know, we can do that as well. Um, but typically, um, I think your best return on, you know, value or an investment would be to get it done in your late twenties and and early thirties. Um, but really you can have it at any age, like 18 and up, I would say, uh, I would say one thing though, when you reach your fifties though, uh, cause like we do get a lot of people in their fifties that come and ask me if they can have laser surgery. Um, at this age though, it may become uh, contraindicated because, at this age, you um, may begin uh, to develop cataracts, which we talked about before, the clouding of the lens in the eye. And, you know, after you have cataract surgery, you kind of get the same effect as LASIK. So you don't need to wear glasses anymore. So it's a different procedure, but gives you the same effect. So it might be contraindicated because cataracts will be developing soon in your late 50s or such. So different options to consider. Um, so, and another funny, funny one here is, you know, um, people ask like, well, what does it correct far and near? Uh, well, typically like the most common one is it affects for your, uh, we fix it for your distance vision. So, you know, you don't need to wear glasses for far away, but you know how we talked earlier about in your forties, uh, you need it, you know, you need reading glasses. Now you have this double prescription, a different one for far, a different one for reading. So this is a little bit more challenging to fix with laser. Um, there are options though. So they recommend something like a monovision procedure, which is one eye distance, one eye focused at near. Sounds crazy, but it works. Your brain can do a lot of crazy things. It adapts um, to this. 
or you can have like an implant in one eye um, to be able to read up close. So there's different, you know, different, options, different options for different age groups kind of gets intense, but we do get a lot of questions about that. So that's a really good. Uh, yeah. Good, mm -hmm. That's a nice sort of overview. And of course, you know, uh, if somebody wants to know more, obviously they should reach out to, you know, their local optometrist to have discussions about that and, Got it. and you know, kind of get more patient specific. Mm -hmm. um, contact lenses versus glasses. Pros, uh, cons. Contacts. So I think contact lenses are great. Um, the newer materials are fantastic and breathable. You know, we rarely see complications anymore as long as the patient is, as long as you're compliant with wear, meaning like you're not overextending them, you're not overwearing them, you're not sleeping in them, you're not showering in them. So as long as you're keeping a healthy, you know, regimen, um, contacts are very good. Uh, they give you really good uh, peripheral vision. So people that are really into sports love contacts versus wearing their glasses when they're playing sports. It gives you that good side vision that you need. Um, another, um, this is another new and cool important uh, fact for contacts is it's now used to control myopia in kids. So remember before we talked about nearsightedness. So it's a huge epidemic now, like, like a big chunk of our population and kids are needing glasses uh, these days. And so, um, now there are these specialty soft daily contacts that are proven to slow the rate of myopia. Um, so I actively try to get all of our kids, all of our patients that have myopia on this. And I mean, knock on wood, we've had really good results so far. Um, they're staying really, really stable. So that's another good, good, good medical reason. Um, you know, you should be wearing contacts and some parents, you know, they kind of get, Oh, contacts for kids. I don't know. But you know, they're very healthy, they're very breathable, they're one-day contacts, they throw them out, um, and they slow that increase in, mm. you know, glasses numbers that they get every year. So really, really good. I'm more practical in the sense uh -huh. of how do you get those things in on a child? Like, I can barely get my child to oh. stay still to get her clothes on. Uh, okay, we teach, so they have to be old enough for you to think, you know, if your child is taking care, I would say like eight or nine, right? Oh, okay. If they're, yeah, if they're taking care of their rooms and their belongings in their rooms, you know, then we can start and, and I, you know, I would show them how to teach them how to put them in and out of their eyes. So they have to be able to do that before they can leave. Um, if that's not a good option, there's other options as well for myopia control, like glasses or or hard lenses they can sleep in that we can put in their eyes or drops. So there's all these different options, but the contacts really work the best. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good to know. Uh, and, and for reference, mine's three and a half. So that's oh, right. I can't get her to sit still. Even so. have glasses. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And, and, and prevention while we're on this topic, um, get them outdoors. So the new study showed, um, three hours of outdoor activity, get them outdoors in sunlight. So somehow sunlight, um, affects, uh, or reduces the risk of having myopia or nearsight, and then re reducing their near activities to about no more than an hour and a half a day. So gotcha. if you can do those two things, you're probably going to prevent, um, you know, any of these problems to happen. So, okay. I have a clarify. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we talked about cataracts. You were mentioning yes. cataracts is like an overexposure to it's an accumulation of UV. Okay, so sunglasses, like mm. prevent, like is this a prevent, 
Yes. Can we prevent cataracts or? or yes. Uh, oh. Okay. Um, so, you know, you could, you could live long enough and not need the surgery. And a big part of that is if you start to wear sunglasses when you're younger. So, you know, um, one of the big, big things is I try to get, you know, educate parents on um, is to get sunglasses on their kids uh, because we often forget to put them on uh, for them because they don't really complain, right? They don't like sunglasses. Right. They don't really want to wear them. But there is long-term benefit here um, for them later in life if they start to wear them now. So, like, I think there's a crazy stat, like uh, 80% of your lifetime UV accumulation happens 19 and under. Yeah, makes sense. Crazy, because your skin is sensitive, right? vulnerable. So, okay, sunglasses, so, hats. Mm-hmm. So I want to just kind of make a summary statement and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So it is good for children to go outside into the sun, but with sunglasses on. You got it. Yes. You got it. Yes. Super healthy. Get them out in the sun, but make sure you're protecting their eyes. They still get lots of lumen, even with sunglasses, um, for the health benefits for what they need. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I just wanted to, I just wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure I understood that correctly. Um, Mm Does eating carrots do anything for our vision? (laughs) Myth. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So carrots, um, I mean, it's healthy. It's a vegetable, right? And it has high vitamin A, but it's not like directly related to good vision health. You can get vitamin A and lots of other, you know, foods. So I think that came around when, you know, beta carotene, you think carrots and that that's down in the eyes, but completely unrelated. Okay. Um, with that regard, yeah. I just figured while we're on the myth busting, yeah, that yeah. we just bust that one, yeah. um, right there. Uh, but but you know, talking about prevention, you know, what can people be doing to, you know, optimize their eye health? Okay, so uh, you nailed it when you said UV protection. Uh, that's the number one thing that we, we recommend. So sunglasses all year round, broad-brimmed hats for kids, sunscreen, right? Um, in terms of diet, you know, I just usually recommend that people try to be mindful um, of eating, you know, a good balanced diet to keep things like other diseases away, like diabetes right. away. Um, because as soon as we start to develop th- those types of conditions, we start to see problems in the eyes, right? So just eating a well-balanced diet um, for prevention. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, because um, you were sort of saying like people don't, you know, aren't even aware that like they should be doing annual checkups at six months. Like what other important message if you had the opportunity, well, you have the opportunity now, mm-hmm. if there's other messaging that you think is important uh, for people to understand about their vision and eye health, like what, what is, is there anything we haven't covered that you feel is important for people to know? To know. Uh, well, I, the ones that I usually touch base on um, is the UV protection that people don't know about. So that's really important. And the other one we, we kind of already went over too is that, you know, the eyes are the only place in the body where we have direct visibility to the, the vessels. And so, you know, um, we can detect a lot of diseases actually, you know, before they may, you might even be able to um, get them assessed through a doctor too. So we can actually pick up um, on a lot of health issues. So I think we nailed it there. I don't know if there's any other um, questions that you might 
you might have, but kids is the big one, like that one. So there's, um, oh, here's, here's one. So, you know, um, a lot of parents say, and your daughter might go through this soon, um, grade one, they have these vision screeners, screenings in school where you'd have to pay, I don't know, I think, I think there's a fee for vision and auditory testing where a technician comes in and does it. But, you know, these technicians, even there are some studies done, you know, even top of the line screenings that are done at school, um, you get an assessment that comes home and says your, your child's vision is healthy or fine. Well, in fact, they actually miss about 30%, as high as 30% of um, vision, like really common vision problems like glasses or, or trouble seeing up close with. So, you know, um, a lot, so that's the convenience part. So that gets done in school, but it shouldn't replace, um, you know, an OHIP covered eye exam with an optometrist that's fully trained, you know, to look at your child's eyes. So that's another one I would just um, reiterate as well. Okay. That's a good piece of information because my daughter is going to be starting school in September and mm -hmm. I would have, I would just be like, yeah, I guess like this He's is fine. what people, I'm like, this yeah. is what people do. So yeah. of course I'm going to pay to have you do this yeah. thing. You um, should. Yeah. Yeah. But just, just also know that it's not, you know, comprehensive by any means. It's just a very basic screener and it does miss like 30% of, you know, ocular conditions. So if you're fine that your child's not reading well or academically is not doing as well as they should be, get their eyes checked. There's a lot we can, um, you know, discover uh, during an eye exam. Okay, good, good mm -hmm. to know. So that'll be kind of maybe on my next to do before she starts school is maybe just have her eyes checked before mm -hmm. she starts reading and getting, you know, frustrated, um, yeah. you know, with that, with that process. Um, if I can certainly catch it sooner is obviously... Uh, better. So totally. where can people find you? Like if they want to come in and have a check and, um, or want some more information, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or follow education, like are you on mm -hmm. socials? Yeah, we're in every, yeah, yeah. We're on Instagram. Um, you can, I think it's uh, Dr. Patel Oakville eye doctor, uh, we have a website you can find us on, uh, with great blog content there too. Uh, Dr. Um, we're located in Oakville. So we're, uh, inside the Oakville place mall, that mall right off the highway there. Yeah. And right beside the lens crafters. Uh, very convenient. Super convenient. We're open seven days. I mean, we have, I'm, I'm just so proud. Like we have a wonderful team of doctors and staff. Um, you know, we were just recently rated um, top three best optometrists in Oakville. So I'm just so proud of everyone. Um, That's yeah, amazing. Really good network. Yeah. Awesome. And for our listeners, of course, some of you may be driving um, or, you know, of course, we're not going to list out the spellings uh, over the air, but uh, please note that I will post those links in the show notes uh, so it makes it really easy for you to um, you know copy paste click because um, we like things to be a little more convenient mm -hmm. um, Dr. Patel I want to thank you very much for taking time to educate not only me but uh, educate others about um, vision because I know that I certainly got a lot out of this conversation and I think our listeners will get a lot out of it too. 
Oh, great. I'm happy. That makes me happy. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we always want to thank our listeners for, you know, listening to the podcast, following the podcast. And if you're not following the podcast, make sure you click that um, subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with our latest and greatest. So it's just going to be bye for now until the next episode. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.